Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. How you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. The topic of racism has a stranglehold on our country right now, and in many ways, that's a good thing. No person, at least no decent person, wants racism. But are some of the actions now being taken to stamp out racism actually fueling the fire to ignite more racism? Interesting question. So like I said, listen up because you're really going to want to get a load of this. All right. Unless you've been living under a rock someplace, and quite frankly, even if you were living under a rock someplace, you have to know that racism is the talk of the town, of the city, of the state, of the country. Quite frankly, of the world. It has not stopped uh, since the George Floyd murder. And um, it's, it's just everybody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about Black Lives Matter. Everybody's protesting. Everybody's having discussions on it. And discussions are a good thing. As I said in the open, no, well, no decent person wants to to be a racist. No decent person wants racism. Uh, That doesn't mean it's going to be erased. You know, you're living in a Pollyanna world if you believe that's going to happen. But I think we all want to strive to get rid of it. But I've seen things that are disturbing I've seen things that are scary to me. I've seen things that, you know, make me shake my head. And I really believe, and I, 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 in a lot of ways, I do believe it's well-intentioned. I think, I think there are a lot of well-intentioned people out there who want to rid this place of racism. 
But I think some of those well intentions can actually cause racism. And what I'm trying to do today here on Get a Load of This is explain my thinking. You might agree, you might disagree, but therein lies a problem. What I just said, you might agree, you might disagree, but wherein lies the problem is that what seems to be the case in our society, and it's not just in the topic of racism, but it's in the topic when we're talking about politics, you're not allowed to disagree. If you're on one side and you disagree, then you're the bad guy. If you're on the other side and you disagree, you're the bad guy. They, as I, I used in a, a, a podcast a few weeks back, I was saying there is no compromise. It's like compromise does not exist in our vocabulary. Nobody knows what compromise is anymore because nobody wants to compromise. Now, somebody might be saying, well, just, just a minute, Russ. What are you talking about? Are we going to compromise on racism? No, I'm not saying there should be a compromise, and um, but I, I think we have to think things out. And listen, I was brought up in the '60s. Okay, I, I can tell you, I can tell you the effect that what was going on in the South, how it had on me, on my personal life, on the life of Russ Salzberg. I was in the sixth grade in PS 206 in Brooklyn. I had a teacher, an old battle axe by the name of Miss Keys, who common knowledge was a drunk. I mean, she used to hit kids and slug them and, and, and uh, flat out. And she was a drunk. But what she used to do, she, she would make us all, we all had to get the Herald Tribune at the time was one of the many newspapers in New York. It was delivered to our classroom. We all had to read. The, that's all we did every morning. That that became how I became interested in current events. It was because we had to read the Herald Tribune really from cover to cover every morning. And here was the, why she would be sitting at a desk basically snoozing. We had to read the paper cover to cover, and then she would go, we had to be able to take three articles, and not little baby articles, but three big articles, and, and we had to take it and, and, you know, talk about it and explain it in our own words. And that's how I became interested. But as I said, I was in the sixth grade. It was 1963. Okay, I was in the sixth grade and what was going on, many of you won't recall, University of Alabama, there were two students, two black students. One was by the name of Vivian Malone and the other one was a young man by the name of James Hood. They were to be the first two black students, African-American students. At the time, we called them Negro and colored but that was the world then. They were going to be the first two students, black students, to enroll at the segregated University of Alabama. Okay? 
And they, at the time, it was June 1963. I, I remember it distinctly. I just had, just because I was talking about it today, I looked up the date. The exact date was June 11, 1963. But they were accompanied by, at the time, our attorney general at the time in the United States was a, a gentleman by the name of Nicholas Katzenbach. They were accompanied to the school and standing in the doorway, standing in the doorway, refusing to move was the governor of Alabama, George Wallace. Would not move, would not let them in. I mean, we were reading about this. We were watching it on TV. It was the talk of the nation. Katzenbach then called President John F. Kennedy who called in the National Guard, who later that afternoon escorted James Hood and Vivian Malone in as Governor Wallace stepped aside. Okay? Stepped aside. Now, I'm bringing this up for a reason. That was 1963. All right. Hood eventually left the school, but came back, how about this, in 1995 to earn his PhD. Came back in 1995 to earn his PhD. George Wallace, who you recall, you know, eventually, you know, ran for president tried to run for the presidency, tried to uh, beat uh, Hubert Humphrey for the Democratic nomination uh, in 68. Uh, in 1995, Hood went back to uh, earn his Ph.D. at the University of Alabama, and Wallace, the same Wallace who blocked the doorway, he had planned to give Hood his degree, but because of failing health, it prevented him from uh, doing so. Well, not only did James Hood believe Wallace, but he also would attend George Wallace's funeral in 1998. And he would implore implore others. I'm telling you this, folks, because it's a fact. I'm not making this up. He implored others to forgive Wallace as he had, as Wallace publicly, publicly uh, apologized for his actions. Now, Let me give you another story about the other side of this. Then there was Vivian Jones. Now, in 1996, Vivian Jones was chosen by the George Wallace Family Foundation. Now, remember, this is the same Wallace who blocked the entranceway. Vivian Jones was chosen by the Wallace Family Foundation to be the first recipient of the Lurleen B. Wallace Award of Courage. All right? I, I'm, again, I'm, I want you to understand this because it's very, very important. Wallace saying at the time, Vivian Malone Jones, she had subsequently gotten married, Vivian Malone Jones was at the center of the state's rights and conducted herself with grace, strength, and above all courage. Now, why am I saying this? This is why I'm saying this. 
we're hearing discussions now about everything that has to change. We're hearing every, they're pulling down this statue and that statue and and, uh, Teddy Roosevelt's statue has to come down in front of the Museum of Natural History and, and everything has to change. And they're talking about not just Confederate statues, they're talking about, they're looking at every statue that there is. They're talking about knocking down Thomas Jefferson's statue. Because Thomas Jefferson in the 1700s was a slave owner. Now, I want you to remember something, folks. I I, I went and, and, and wanted to make sure I'm reading it right. This is from Thomas Jefferson, the founding fathers, who gave us this, one of the founding fathers. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among those, among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know what, folks? People evolve. That's why I brought up the Wallace story with those two people. That I'm sure when everybody's talking about Black Lives Matter now, I guarantee you I can go on the street and speak to one black person after another and one white person after another, and they don't know nothing about James Hood and Vivian Malone. Those were, they were groundbreakers. They were blocked by a segregationist Governor George Wallace. But people evolved. They changed their tunes. They, yes, they had beliefs. Now, call Jefferson a hypocrite or what, but are we going to go back? Then we got to look at every nook and cranny of every soul, including you and me and everybody else for every thought we might have had for every mistake we might have had, and now we're going to destroy everything because we want to be politically correct. We want to be politically correct. When does it end? I understand this political correctness. I do understand that. But when does it end? And I believe part of this is creating more racism. Because people say, like, you're knocking down this statue, that statue, this name is no good. Um, We got rid of, okay, we're getting rid of uh, Aunt Jemima Syrup. We're getting rid of Uncle Ben's rice. Now it's Eskimo Pies. Uh, pretty soon, I guess we're going to get rid of Hebrew National and, and kosher delis, whatever. People are getting fed up with political correctness. And now you might say, well, Russ, what's wrong with being politically correct? And I've had these discussions within my own family. I'm brought up at a different time. Okay? I'm brought up where we were brought up with I mean, as a kid, I mean, you know, I was just talking about being in the sixth grade as a kid. We were brought up with ethnic jokes from nobody was safe. It was like the rite of passage. Okay, I guess we can't do it anymore. 
I understand that. But we can't condemn everybody who did anything in their lives. I mean, we're talking about the police today. Like all police are evil. We're talking about I, I'm every association today that I've seen in the past two weeks has been an association that police were first formed to to um, keep slaves in check and go after slaves who escaped or something. So that's that's what the police are today. For crying out loud, more than half the department of police department in the city of New York, the NYPD, are minorities. So the association to me is cockeyed. It does not work. Does not work for me. And so help me if we disagree. I'm sure anybody, some people are going to listen to this. And what the hell is Russ talking about? Well, I'm sorry. Do I believe that police do racial profiling? Sure, I do. Not all police do, but I believe some do. So now what are we doing? Now it's, no pun intended, the pot calling the kettle black. Because now everybody is profiling police. I watched the show this past weekend. I, I saw, um, what the heck's her name? Patrice Cullors. She's the co-founder, or one of the co-founders of uh, Black Lives Matter. She says we've we've created this idea that law enforcement is not the commu- is the community and they're not. And I'm quoting here: they have been a deeply repressive force. They haven't just killed black communities; they've humiliated, they've abused, they violated over and over again. How about how about saying? But they've also protected the black communities. They've helped us. Time and time and time again, over and over again. And if you don't think, if, if you want to, everybody's talking about getting rid of the police. Which communities do you think are going to suffer more than any other communities? The black communities, the minority communities, they're going to suffer the most. Is this racist for me to say that? No, it's not. I'll tell you it's not. Because it's not. Their communities are going to suffer the most. And all you had to do was look what's ha- what happened during the riots. Whose communities were burnt down? You know, businesses, small businesses, their own communities destroyed. You know what that did, folks? That caused more racism. That didn't help stamp out racism. I'm the first one to admit. You heard me have on the former giant here, uh, George Martin, a couple of weeks ago. Talking about what he went through and names he was called growing up and, and still being stopped in a car. I've never been stopped in a car and had to put my hands on a hood. For lack of a term, that would scare the shit out of me. It's happened to loads of black people I know, black men that I know, 
Not looking like guys from the hood, but clean-cut guys. As clean-cut as you and me, other than the color of their skin. Other, other than that, they're no different than you and me. For, but because of the color of the skin, they were stopped. I get that, and I get being pissed off about it. And they should be pissed off about it. But that doesn't make every cop bad. And to, to malign the cops, what is being done now is not only is it wrong, it's insane. It's insane. I hear all the associations. I hear all the associations, you know, of George Floyd and, and, and being mentioned and, and Colin Kaepernick being mentioned in the same breath as like the Muhammad Ali's and, 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 and uh, you know, they're, they're making them out to be heroes. Well, in the New York Post this past weekend, they spent an hour talking with Muhammad Ali Jr. Okay, who's, who's now 47 years old. And this was Muhammad Ali Jr. talking about what just happened, talking about Black Lives Movement. And I, I quote him saying, "Black the Black Lives Movement, he calls the movement racist and the protesters devils. Again, I'm quoting Muhammad Ali Jr. Don't bust up shit. Don't trash the place. You can peacefully protest. My father, he's talking about his dad, the Muhammad Ali. My father would have said, they ain't nothing but devils. I don't think he'd agree. I think, he's talking about the movement, it's racist. It's not just black lives matter. White lives matter. Chinese lives matter. All lives matter. Everybody's life matters. God loves everyone. He never singled anyone out. Killing is wrong no matter who it is. Police don't wake up and think I'm going to kill, I don't want to say, I'm going to kill an N-word today or kill a white man. They're just trying to make it back home to their family in one piece. Trust me, Muhammad Ali Jr. is not alone in saying that. The reason I'm singling him out is because everybody's bringing up the name of Muhammad Ali. And again, it's a bad thing for me to say, you know, or people will say it's bad. Well, Russ, you know, because George Floyd is mentioned in like the same kind of breath as, as Muhammad Ali. I'm sorry. George Floyd never should have been murdered. Terrible thing. Derek Chauvin, the cop who murdered him, to me, you can give him the, the electric chair, uh, death by lethal injection tomorrow. Fine by me, because that's what he did. It was reprehensible. Sat on a guy's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds with a smug look on his face. Fuck Derek Chauvin, okay? But every cop is not Derek Chauvin. We can't make it that way. It can't be. And, And the minute somebody calls for help, And the cop doesn't come, well, then the cop's going to be the bad guy. Now, 
We're talking about Black Lives Matter. And, and believe me, folks, when Black Lives Matter first came out, what was it, 2013? I got it right away. They weren't saying to me, I didn't get, the, even though a lot of people can't perceive it that way, because I don't think it's a good name. I think you got to come up with something, uh, justice for all. You know, I get it. But I knew what the other side would think. What do you mean just black lives matter? Don't all lives matter? And then then you get into that kind of debate. I understand what it's about. But when I hear one of the co-founders just talking about, uh, why is your law enforcement uh, the first responder to mental health care needs? Why is your local law enforcement the first responder to homelessness? Why is your local uh, law enforcement your first responder to drug and alcohol abuse? So you know what we're going to do now? Yeah, that's what we want to do. We want to get rid of the police. We want to bring in social workers. We want to get rid of the police and bring in social workers. And, and then when you have a domestic violence, when a guy's got his wife by the throat and is punching her in the face and beating the shit out of kids, let's call a social worker to come in and smooth things over. Then there's... Then the social worker gets a head busted or his head busted open. I'm telling you, folks, this kind of logic, this kind of rhetoric brings out anxiety and it causes people to feel racism. You know what happened in Chicago this past weekend? Over a hundred people were shot. A hundred people were shot. Not by cops. Not by cops. The latest count I had nine were killed. Let's see here. One was a um, three-year-old, three-year-old little boy, Mackay James. Shot in the back. While sitting in his car with his daddy, who apparently was the target. Okay, then about two hours later, a 13-year-old girl was killed. Two boys injured in another spray of gunfire. All right. Earlier, a man shot and killed 17-year-old, a 17-year-old kid and a 16-year-old boy. How about that? I'm looking at a 27-year-old man dies of gunshot gunshot wounds to his torso. 23-year-old man fatally shot in the neck. 33-year-old man shot in the neck. Another 33-year-old man killed when someone fired into his vehicle from another car. Who do you think was doing the shooting? Who do you think was doing the shooting? Wasn't cops. And it wasn't white people. It was black people in their own community. African Americans in their own community. Where's the outrage? Where's the outrage? Where Where's Al Sharpton? Hey, Big Al was front and center. He, he, you know, hey, he doesn't miss a chance 
to stand on a platform on a pulpit. He, he was there front and center at the George Floyd funeral, uh, you know, because a cop k- killed him. He was there when Eric Garner was killed. But I don't see him coming out when there were drive-by shootings in his own community, not once, to come out and say, we got to stop killing ourselves. Because you know what we're doing? We're playing to every bad stereotype that people have about us. We got to be better than this. We got to be better than this. Think about it. We have to be better than this. But that way we're acting, we're not. I don't see anybody doing anything about that. It's terrible. How about this shit that's going on in Seattle? You got a community that's that's being basically held captive. Cops aren't allowed in. There were shootings over the weekend. Somebody was killed. This is an American city in the United States in the year 2020. The leader of the group, Raz Simone, he's got a got a record. For child cruelty. Somebody was killed there. When the cops tried to get in, the, the people locked in on, the cops were not allowed in. I'm telling you today, folks, mark it down that Russ said this on this day, the 22nd day of June 2020. This is going to end in a tragedy. This is going to end in bodies being carried out, people being killed. Mark my words, that's how this is going to end. I hope to God I'm wrong, but I'm telling you, how is this allowed? So, this is justifying, this is all, all, all about cops. You, you know what? I know racism exists, and I think cops need to do a better job. A much better job. But we, the people, all of us, white and black, need to do a better job. And we need to call it like it is. And not, you can't always make the victim use the, I'm the victim, I'm the victim, I'm the victim. After a while, that falls on deaf ears. And when, when, trust me, folks, when the community, Black and white, see what just happened in Chicago this weekend. You're going to have racist thoughts, systemic racism. Well, what the hell do you expect? They're killing each other. It's terrible. I just, a three-year-old kid sitting in his daddy's car, dead. A 13-year-old kid, dead. I mean, come on. It's just, when does it end? It's really mind-boggling to me. I, I just, I have a hard time swallowing it. And that, that's why I say, are we fueling more fire to ignite more racism? Because it, it also plays into the hands of the racists. 
I mean, you could you can knock down. You you're thinking about knocking down Thomas Jefferson's statue. Teddy Roosevelt, we got to move his statue, and let let alone in New York City, Dumbo De Blasio, the mayor, his wife is going to be in charge of this. This is the same dopey bimbo wife who we can't find a billion dollars that was earmarked for Thrive New York City to help uh, homelessness and, and and mental health. Yeah, she's really helped mental health. You know what I I found this morning as I was walking in, I. I ha- I was on the radio this morning here uh, doing a Bernie and Sid show. So I was walking in about four o'clock in the morning. Here I am at the corner of 31st and 7th Avenue. She's done a good job with mental health. And you see the homeless around here all the time. This is Midtown Manhattan. For lack of a better term, a guy was standing there on 31st Street, about 50 feet from the corner, where there happened to be portable Porto Johns lined up. He had his pants down, taking a dump on a sidewalk. Yeah. She's done a good job with her mental health, but we still can't find a billion dollars. She's in charge of this. And and then, you know, we have issues. And I I thought this, this disturbed me. And, And I like seeing athletes getting involved. Now, you might want to say to me, well, hold on a second, Russ. If you like athletes getting involved, how come you criticize Colin Kaepernick? Look, as I said then, I will say it now. I would not have done my protest the way Colin Kaepernick did his. I would not have taken a knee. Again, I'm not a black man, okay? Colin Kaepernick is. Mind you, Colin Kaepernick wasn't brought up in the hood. Colin Kaepernick was adopted, raised by two white parents. But I I said I would not have done it the way he did, but I, I respected his right to do it. However, I disrespected him wearing socks depicting cops as pigs, and I um, would not defend him wearing uh, a um, T-shirt, a, a Fidel Castro T-shirt. Maybe he should go to Little Havana in Miami and wear the Castro T-shirt and see what happened to him. Because I'll tell you what, if he would have pulled his actions anti-Castro in Cuba, he wouldn't have lived to see the next day. But anyway, so there were a couple of issues. At first... One issue, Avery Bradley is a guard for the um, Los Angeles Lakers. And he's a co-leader of the Players Coalition. And one of the things that, you know, Avery was talking about, he wanted to know before there's a um, restart to the NBA season, he wanted to know the NBA owner's plan for black caucuses, uh, for, for black causes. What the NBA's plan is for black causes? What is this, a shakedown? I mean, listen, if somebody wants to give to a cause, that's fine. That's their prerogative. But you don't have a right to shake down your owner. Why, because you're black? 
doesn't work that way. Does not work that way. That only is going to create racism. Does not work that way. I mean, you know, you you can't have it both ways. Okay, you want to give money? God bless you. And there are there are owners who's who've given money. Mark Cuban of the Mavericks, Michael Jordan. But you're you're talking about not coming back unless we want to know what you're going to give. And then he had had um, tweeted out something. If you ain't with us, wit, W-I-T. If you ain't with us, we ain't with you. Well, you see what that does? That also draws a line in the sand. That draws a line in the sand. Yeah, I'm with you in your thinking that racism has to stop. But if I also want to differ with how you think, that doesn't make me against you. And you can't tell me that. That's wrong. And that's what's wrong with our country today. I mean, that's wrong with our politics. You're you're not allowed to differ. The left doesn't allow you to think differently than them. If not, well, then you're you're, you're a bigot, you're a conservative, you're a white supremacist. It's bad. You, you, You can't go through life thinking that way. The Denver Broncos, when George Floyd was killed, you know, and I I applauded them. I I applauded they marched as a team in protest. I thought it was excellent, unity and everything else. But what I did not applaud was the T-shirts that many were wearing. If you ain't with us, you against us. No! No! No, no, no. That creates a line in the sand. That creates more racism. That creates more anger. Yes, I want to be with you in my thinking to stamp out racism, but I don't have to think exactly with you because I don't agree with everything that you or Black Lives Matter is saying. That doesn't mean I'm a white supremacist. And trust me, folks, I've been raised on civil rights. My civil rights, as a young kid, believe me, it leaves an indelible mark when you're watching people being refused entrance into a school because of the color of their skin. When you're a kid, 11, 12 years old, and watching dogs being sicked on people and watching bombs blowing up little girls in, in churches in Alabama. That has an, a real severe mark that you never forget. I remember the march on Washington like it was yesterday. I remember Martin Luther King's speech like it was yesterday. So don't tell me if I'm not with you, I'm against you. That's bullshit. 
That's that's as much bullshit as me saying, if you don't think like I think and you don't want to hear what I'm thinking, then then you're against me. No. We got to listen to one another. But but uh, listen, if you, Black Lives Matter, if you want to, I will say, give them this little bit of advice. If you want to take it, then take it. If you don't, that's on you. But if you want to continue to hammer against the police, well, go ahead, hammer. But you better damn well hammer against yourself as well. When I see 101 people shot this past weekend in Chicago and innocent kids being killed, you better police yourself. You better come out and say, we suck. We got to do a better job of this. Because all we're doing is playing to every bad stereotype that the racists think about us, and we're just fueling more fire to it. And the media has to show some balls instead of just wanting to be politically correct. You got to show some balls and saying, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Just as you want to say, this cop is wrong and this cop is wrong, then you better say it all the way around. We all want to get rid of racism, folks. But we got to be smart about it. And I'm really sick of saying, I, I'll never forget when, when when poor George Floyd was killed. What, what was the, the mayor's name of Minneapolis? Jacob Fry? This is a result of 400 years of frustration. Do me a favor. Stop the bullshit. Okay? Some 25-year-old, 20-year-old punk thug looting his store is not giving a shit about 400 years, nor he does he know or care about 400 years of frustration. So if we want to stamp out racism, let's all get together and try and come up with solutions. Not just taking the attitude that it's my way or the highway. This stuff, if you're not with us, you're against us. If you, if you ain't, if we ain't with you, if you ain't with us, we ain't with you. Uh-uh. Racism is a terrible thing. No one will dispute that. As I said, no decent person wants racism. But by just hooting and howling and hollering, doesn't make it go away. And I don't need anybody to tell me about my white privilege, okay? I'm raised in a housing project. I don't remember when my father, let him rest in peace, didn't have two jobs, and sometimes three, and ended up being dead by the time he was 47 years old. So I don't want to hear about my white privilege, And when you shove that down people's throat, that creates racism as well. That creates racism as well. We got to think, folks. We can't just run our mouths. We got to think. We got to think what both sides are thinking. It's, it's okay to be angry. Listen. I get the entire country being angry over what happened to George Floyd. 
But it was a bad thing to criticize, like like when some of the backstory of George Floyd came out, right away people got jumped on, including myself. Why are you saying that? What's that? What, why is that relative to the story? He shouldn't have been murdered. 100% he shouldn't have been murdered. But you see, if, if you're going to give a backstory, because I remember when George Floyd, after he was killed, then everybody's doing stories. Oh, he was a fine man. He was a nice guy. Uh, he was this. They, I remember talking, I, somebody spoke to his third grade teacher. If that was all part of the story, which I understood, Oh, he wanted to be a professional athlete. If that was all part of the story, but he didn't become a professional athlete. Instead, he spent like seven, nine years in prison, five of those for breaking into a a black woman's home, a pregnant woman holding a gun to her belly while his friends, his black uh, co-conspirators were ransacking her home looking for drugs. I didn't hear the news talking about that because I'm talking about it. Does that make me being a racist? No, it's part of the story. I said Derek Chauvin should have been killed. All this stuff. See, see the way it's handled, folks. It's not helping. It's wrong. You can political correctness. I, I, I understand it to a point. But if we want to be really, really honest about political correctness, we better damn well look in the mirror. Look in the mirror real hard. Because that's what seems everybody's doing. Look in the mirror real hard and think about any and every little thing that we might have said or thought in our lifetimes. I raise my hand. Did I ever tell an ethnic joke? You bet your sweet ass I did. Have I been the butt of ethnic jokes? You bet your sweet ass I did. I understand times have changed. Are are we going to get rid of, uh, does that mean, guys, uh, shows that that are classic shows, All in the Family, Samford and Son. Do we have to get rid of those shows? Because bigotry and, and a lot of it was a theme in those shows. Come on, stop. Let, let's get real, okay? Again, racism, we want to stamp it out. But everybody's got to think. And if you want to think along the same lines... You got to be willing to what the other side is thinking. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. We got to think. We got to think together, not against each other. And right now, folks, that's it for me today. That's a wrap here. I want to thank all of you for getting a load of this. Now I'd like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. You can tell me on Twitter at Russ Salzberg, on Facebook. You can also check out my website, russsalzberg.com. My thanks always to my main man across the way who takes such good care of me, Matt Meany, to my 77 WABC program director, Dave Labrosi, his outstanding assistant program director, Matt Dahl, president and GM of uh, WABC Radio. 
uh, Chad Lopez. And last but certainly not least, a great big thank you to all you people out there. Because without you people, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to all of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Stay safe, stay smart. Talk to you next time. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist, you'll want to invite everyone over. From book club to reality TV watch parties, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is infused with two times more essential oil versus regular Airwick Essential Mist for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is perfectly portable and effortlessly easy. The way fragrance should be. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick.